0: Blue 42! Blue 42! Hut! Hut! Hike! This is the Game Managers on WJLX 101.5, America's one and only sports talk show, breaking down college football's biggest games, latest news, and greatest moments. Are you ready? Because it starts right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Game Managers. I'm Nick Norris, and with me, as always, is my great friend and the undisputed most diabolical villain in the world, Justin Knight. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. How about you? Oh, just, just waking up, I see, on this Sunday evening at 6 p.m.
1: Yeah, you know how us villains are. We sleep during the day and uh, work
0: at night. Hmm. Always up every night, working hard. Justin, we've got to, we're have got we going to be working hard today as we go through all the news that happened this week. Uh, this is going to be a news-centric episode. A lot happened, and we had recorded the last week's episode a little early, so um, there's some stuff from the end of last week we're going to pick up on, too, as well. If you're okay with that. Are you okay with that?
1: Yeah, that works.
0: Great. Good news. Well, actually, in sad news, we have to start out. Uh. Former Bama wide receiver and Texans uh, rookie wide receiver, John Mechie III, he's been diagnosed with a form of leukemia, likely will not play this season because of it. Uh, He said in a statement, I'm currently receiving great medical care, am in good spirits, and I expect to make a recovery at a later point in time. As a result result of this diagnosis, I uh, I will likely not be playing football this season. My main focus will be on my health and recovery. Thank you in advance for your support and well wishes. I cannot wait to come back stronger than ever. God bless. Um, Dang, I, I didn't hear about that. Stuff. Really? Yeah. So this yeah. happened This happened just a few days ago. Um, yeah. So, I mean, he's so young. I think he's 22, I believe, is his age. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's going to be a hard battle. But definitely praying for him, wishing him the best. Yeah. Um, hopefully uh he does make a full recovery gets out and back on the field very soon so we'll we'll try to stay updated with that as he gives us updates but um you know how these things are they can be kind of strung out take a while uh so yeah that's awful yeah i really really hate that it actually tore me up a little bit when i heard that i was like hey, man he's going into rookie season everything that's that's, that's tough yeah uh, in other news, though, uh, transitioning out of that, Vince uh, McMahon, he retired this week. Uh, this comes after a July report from Wall Street Journal that claimed to have found that the WWE chief executive had allegedly paid more than $12 million over the past 16 years to, quote, suppress allegations of sexual misconduct and infidelity. Uh, Stephanie Would it shock you? <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie McMahon has, taken, uh, has been named WWE's new chairwoman and that she will remain one of WWE's new co-CEOs alongside Nick Khan. Uh, yeah, this is happening so much now. Uh, these really rich people are starting to get exposed for the terrible things they do. Not saying that he did this, but the fact that he retired soon after this report came out doesn't look great for him. No. Um, yeah, that probably says to me that Evidence is probably on the way, but we don't know that, you know, I guess innocent until proven guilty, but definitely keep a, uh, an eye on this. Um, either way, they're keeping the, uh, they're keeping the business in the family with Stephanie, it seems. So I don't think he's going to be hurting for cash by any means. No. Uh, speaking of hurting for cash though, Justin, the XFL is coming back again. And The Rock has announced the city locations of the team set to begin play less than a week after the Super Bowl in 2023. I did not realize this was starting next year. Um, Yep, going to be competing with the um, USFL. Yeah, yeah. Uh, The cities include Orlando, Las Vegas, San Antonio, Arlington, Houston, Seattle, St. Louis, and D.C. And you may have noticed that several of those take place in Texas.
1: Yeah, um, I think it's fine. Um, also, I don't really care.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, less. We're not getting one in Birmingham. We already have the USFL, so it wouldn't make sense to have another one here. But no. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I like the XFL. I enjoyed watching it, but I don't care. <laughs> I don't care if it comes back or not. I've, uh, I've moved on from the XFL too many times now to think that it's going to last this time. So. We'll find this out. This I would be surprised um, with the Rock heading over it and then them having deals with ESPN. It'll probably last longer than USFL. I do think that the last time the XFL came around, it could have it could have stayed around if it wouldn't have been for the pandemic. That's true. Yeah, um, but we don't know that. Obviously, we'll never know for sure. Uh, in surprising Alabama news, though, a report came out this week that says Nick Saban. Nearly stepped away from college football after the kick six return in 2013 to take a job at ESPN. Uh, This comes from a book about Saban uh, Mm. by reporter John Talty. Do you think there is any truth to this, Justin?
1: Uh, I want to think so, so I can be like, "Oh man, we almost broke him. Almost forced (laughs) him into retirement." (laughs) Yeah, he's Uh, had three
0: national championships since then. That's that would be a very different. That's crazy. Yeah, if he would have done this, yeah.
1: Um. Yeah, you think about that. Even with you know the three, or I mean, I, let's see, how many had he won before? He had won three prior to that, correct? With Alabama, so wow. Yeah, I mean, that's three extra ones. They probably don't win, and who knows what they look like from twenty third, twenty fourteen, yeah, because wow. we'd be yeah, nearly I mean, a decade crazy.
0: long. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, it may not be true. I feel like there's probably, yeah, probably it's probably not. possible. Um. I think that if it I don't think that one play would have done it though. I think that maybe that whole season he would have been considering it. And then that happened and he was like, Okay, I can't keep doing yeah, this, this for my help. <laughs> yeah. But then he decided I'll keep doing it. So uh good for him. Yeah, crazy, crazy if true. Uh very interesting. I doubt we'll ever know. I don't think he's the kind of guy to ever like address this either way. So
1: No, he'll take everything to his grave.
0: Yeah, I think so too. But interesting stuff. Yeah, I was not expecting that when I uh, when I read that headline. I was like, "Wow, okay." Uh, speaking of Bama, though, former Tide and veteran NFL receiver Julio Jones he finally found a new home, signing a one year deal with the Bucks. So we're gonna see him team up there with Tom Brady in Tampa Bay.
1: He, he's trying to get his ring.
0: Yeah, and hopefully he can stay healthy and as but yeah, this uh, plagued him for some time now.
1: Yeah, this isn't the same Julio from you know five, six, seven years ago. I mean, he just issue is he just can't stay healthy, and we know yeah. that's been ever since. Really, is I guess sec, I don't know if he got hurt his rookie year or not, but probably from his second year on,
0: <clears throat> well, he's, he's dealt with, with know, some dealt injuries. With injuries. Yeah, he's dealt with some since college. I know he broke his hand in college. Um, yeah, you know, so he's always he's always kind of dealt with different issues but still going at it still still staying strong in the nfl still yeah. very much a force when he's healthy if so, he's healthy we him. know he's good oh yeah and we're gonna stick with the bama theme for a while here justin we have some big recruiting news uh touted football recruit Jalen mmbakwe he picks the crimson tide uh to as his uh future home there the alabama's defensive backfield depth got another leg up courtesy of Mimbakwe's commitment he is six foot, one hundred and seventy-five pound quarterback from Pinson, Alabama, number five on the 2024 ESPN 300. Uh, Alabama also landed five-star running back Richard Young out of uh, Lehigh Acres in Florida. He announced his commitment to Alabama on Friday evening. The nation's number two running back, per the industry-generated t- uh, 24/7 Sports Composite rankings, he chose the Tide over Oregon, Georgia, Notre Dame, and many, many others. And Alabama has landed yet another five-star prospect, Caleb Downs, five-star safety. He chose the Crimson Tide uh, on Wednesday over a group of finalists that included Georgia, Notre Dame, North Carolina, and Ohio State. He's six foot, one hundred and eighty-five pounds from Mill Creek's uh, High School in Georgia. So Alabama stealing one from another one from the Bulldogs. There, he is the number thirteen overall prospect and the top-ranked safety prospect in the country according to 24-7 Sports. He has 186 tackles, six tackles for loss, one sack, 33 pass breakups, 14 interceptions in three high school seasons. Uh, those are not numbers to laugh at. That's pretty impressive. Pretty um, solid. Yeah, so what a month for Saban on the recruiting trail. He picked up, of course, like we said, five-star running back uh, Richard Young, five-star defensive back Caleb Downs, five-star running back Justin Justice Haynes, Four-star quarterback, Dylan Lennergan, Four-star offensive lineman. I love this name. Olas A. Linen. You can literally shorten that to O. Linen, which is great. So dumb. Uh, <laughs> four-star offensive lineman, uh, Raquiz McElderberry. Number one Juco wide receiver, Malik Benson. And then uh, rising kicker, Connor Talty. with room to add more. So uh, quite a good July recruiting for Al- Alabama. Um. Auburn, though, they also had a big day for recruiting yesterday here on Saturday Uh, as well. The Tigers received a commitment from class of 2024 four-star quarterback Adrian Posse, choosing the Tigers over offers from Miami, Florida, LSU, Georgia, Ohio State, Notre Dame, and a collection of other schools. Uh, He is actually from the Miami area, so big grab there for Auburn over Miami. He's 6'4", 205 pounds, the number 185 player in the class of 2024. And he is the number 13 quarterback, and number 35 player from the state of Florida. So, solid pickup there for the Tigers as well. Okay, we have a lot more news. But I thought this is a good time to take a break from the news. How about we do some mismanagers and then we'll finish it up thereafter. How, what you think, well, Justin? and I'll just say real quick. Yeah, please. I'll I'll add
1: a couple recruits in there too. We also got a four-star cornerback played at um Thompson for a couple years. I don't know if he's still there or not. Um, uh, he's class twenty twenty four. Okay. Um, Amon Lane, he's from. Very he's cool. now at Moody High School. And then we also got four-star uh, defensive lineman Wilkie Denod out of um I don't know where he's from, but he's. Six four two forty five and picked off over Florida State, Tennessee, and Indiana. So, there's a couple more to throw in there. Okay. And also, yeah. uh, Sonia Deshera, who um, played at Auburn Baseball this past season, had a really good year. He uh, was drafted by the Angels, so he's in their uh, minor league system. He's playing for the Rocket City Trash Bandits just up in Huntsville. Uh, made oh. his debut the other day. Went two for two, two RBIs, so very successful debut.
0: Yeah, very good. Justin, you should start bringing out a little news every week. I think you should start preparing a little news, a bit of news. All right, yeah. You know, i got some good things to say. Mm, I think so. All right. Let's get into mismanagers, shall we?
1: Peculiar and wonderful and terrible and bad Mismanagement and
0: mystery and dreams you never had Grizzly or grievous or beavers with cleavers Audacity and specialty and used to drive you mad It's a wonder any one of us can manage to survive In a world of, world of, mismanagers Justin, are you ready to drink a Velveeta Martini? Uh, no Velveeta, the century-old brand that's now owned by Kraft, has released a gimmicky martini called the Veltini, available as in-home delivery kits or from the restaurant BLT Steak. Uh, Velveeta, legally known by the lawsuit-proof mouthful, quote, pasteurized prepared cheese product, is now an alcoholic beverage. The Veltini entails Velveeta cheese-infused vodka stirred with olive brine and dry vermouth. The drink is garnished with with Velveeta cheese shells, Velve, Velve, blah, 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 Velveeta stuffed olives, and dubious cheese drip. Would you try this? Make, it's very nah. cheesy looking. It looks it like sounds, um, looks like nacho cheese you get from a store, but with a little a little drink with it.
1: I think I'd rather just go ahead and throw up.
0: It looks like it would that. make you sick. Yeah, it's yeah, very cheesy. Sounds
1: looking. awful.
0: I'll describe for everyone what it looks like. So they have it in a little martini glass. There's like this this liquid that it's not quite cheese colored. It's more of like imagine mixing in your mind sort of a watery cheese with with like pond mm, don't water. Stop. stop. Yeah. Stop. Kind of <laughs> stop. I mean, that's a watery cheese. With the pond water, yeah, that's kind of it what makes it looks want to like. Throw up. Uh, around the uh, around the, the the top of the glass here, they have a very thick cheese uh, dried around it. This is what looks like you'd get from like a a, a high school basketball game on your nachos. <laughs> <laughs> and then laying on top of that, you have some olives uh, and maybe actual pieces of cheese. And they're drizzling another sort of cheese on top of that. So. Yeah, I don't want this. I don't want to pay money for no. this, especially. It's $50 for the kit, by the way. Yeah, I wouldn't try it for free. <laughs> uh, this story comes from the Huffington Post. You, you may have heard about this. This is actually a pretty big story right now. Uh, biting, clawing, attacking monkeys terrorize Japanese city.
1: Oh, yeah, I think you mentioned this um, on one episode, didn't you?
0: Yeah, it's gotten out of hand since then, Justin. Oh, um, gosh. <laughs> so, people in a southwestern Japanese city have come under attack from monkeys that are trying to snatch babies, biting and clawing at flesh, and sneaking into nursery schools. The attacks on 58 people since July 8th are getting so bad, Yamaguchi City Hall hired a special unit to hunt the animals with tranquilizer guns. It's, it's getting pretty intense. Uh, the Heck, monkeys are
1: tranquilizer guns at this point yeah. you probably just need to go ahead and kill them.
0: <laughs> well These the monkeys, monkeys are crazy. Yeah, yeah and they look pretty scary. They're not small monkeys. I mean they're not huge but they could do some damage. Uh, the monkeys are interested in food, so traps have not worked. They have targeted mostly children and the elderly. Um, city official Masato Saito said they are so smart and they tend to sneak up and attack from behind, often grabbing at your legs. Uh, when confronted by a monkey, the instructors' instructions are do not look them in the eye. Make yourself look as big as possible, such as by spreading open your coat, then back away as quietly as possible without making sudden moves. Um, a woman was assaulted by a monkey while hanging laundry on her veranda. We talked about this one, I think. Another victim yeah. showed bandaged toes. They were taken aback and frightened by how big and fat the monkeys were. Uh, The monkeys terrorizing the community are Japanese makiki, I think is how you say it, the kind often pictured peacefully bathing in hot springs. But in this photo, they do not look peaceful. They have very, very sharp teeth. I cannot explain how sharp these teeth are. Um, One monkey male measuring about 1.6 feet in height and weighing about 15 pounds was caught Tuesday by the team with a tranquilizer gun. It was judged by various evidence to be one of the attacking monkeys and put to death, but more attacks were reported after the capture. So it's just it's several monkeys going out and attacking well, see, people in Tokyo. But
1: what, what's scary is when you, when anytime you come into contact with a, an animal like this that is smart enough that knows how to attack you, and that they attack children and the elderly, the ones that are already the weakest links, probably there in the town. Um, that's scary enough, and I'm trying to figure out. Is there something going on to where they can't get any food?
0: Well that's but, the thing. They're not attracted to food, they say.
1: Well no what doesn't make any sense is why are they attacking. I mean, I would understand maybe if they're trying to break in the nurseries and instill babies and they're gonna eat I don't I don't know if they would eat human flesh or not. Um,
0: <laughs> I don't know at this point. Yeah, I don't think but, they eat people. I think they I think they're just very territorial, I think is what this is. So, but why now? I mean, what what has changed? All of a sudden, Planet maybe the they apes. expanded farther. I don't yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff though. Uh this this story comes from dunyanews.com. Um a North Carolina woman, apparently seeking revenge on her ex-boyfriend, tried to set fire to a house, but it was owned by someone else. It wasn't his house. Uh <laughs> the The Rowan County Sheriff's Office said in a report that a homeowner in Gold Hill was awakened Friday by a neighbor who saw a woman trying to set fire to the house. There were bundles of wood and a fire on the front porch, and deputies found a jug of oil that they say were used to start the fire. As the homeowner went to get the garden uh, hose, he saw burning pieces of wood around a propane tank. The garden hose didn't work because the woman had apparently used a sealant. To block the flow of water. Oh my uh, the homeowner gosh. grabbed a rifle, confronted the woman who was holding one of his dogs on a leash with law enforcement and emergency personnel approaching. The woman drove off, um, but deputies, deputies did arrest the woman and charge her with felony, first degree arson, assault with a deadly weapon, uh, and larceny of an animal. A bond was set at $101,500. It couldn't be determined Tuesday if she had an attorney, but in- investigators estimate the home sustained approximately $20,000 in damages. Jeez. How did you just get the wrong house? How do, how do you mess that up? I don't know. What an idiot. Yeah. Obviously a loose unit there, so kind of makes sense. Uh, and this last story also comes from the Huffington Post. A hotel chef and an adamant emu stop a driver from fleeing a wreck. Uh, this is a fun one. <laughs> uh, hotel chef Dean Wade uh, figured his foot chase of a driver who crashed a pickup truck into... Uh, Malmesbury, Malmesbury, england storefront was over when they reached the fence of a wildlife sanctuary uh, don't go in there look at that emu it will do you in wade warned the uh the runaway <laughs> driver the man who wade said apparently appeared drunk confidently bragged i can fight emus and scaled the fence containing the six-foot bird and its offspring Uh, The driver, this is from the quote, this is Wade saying this, the driver is throwing kung fu kicks and punches the emu, uh, is moving its neck out of the way and jabbing him in the ribs and the head. It must have hurt. It was stabbing his body all over. (laughs) Uh, Wiltshire Wiltshire police later charged the man, whom they didn't name, with drunk driving and other crash-related offenses. They said he sustained minor injuries. Uh, As Wade tells the story, he was working at the old Bell Hotel kitchen around lunchtime Monday when he heard the unmistakable screeching noise of an out-of-control automobile. He ran outside to see a pickup smashed into a glass door front and its driver and passenger running away. Wade pursued the pair for 15 minutes through thickets, noticing the driver was swaying and staggering until they reached the sanctuary. He said, I could see this massive emu. I'm six foot tall and it was bigger than me. Um, you know, obviously, moose are huge. World's second tallest bird after ostriches are known as fiercely protective of they're young, usually attacking predators with their legs. After being subdued by the bird, the man fled the compound. Wade flagged down a passing police car, and the man was arrested. My only regret is I didn't have my phone in hand to video it. The words don't do it justice, said Wade. That is an amazing story, though. Good it's for crazy. you. <laughs> yeah. That's fun. Okay, well, we do have to go to a break. But when we come back, we're going to finish up all the news of this week, a lot of NBA news, uh, as well as some Kyler Murray contract things here and there. So we'll be right back. You're listening to The
1: Game Managers on WJLX 101.5.
0: Welcome back to the Game Managers Podcast. I'm Nick Norris, and with me is Justin Knight. Hello. Continuing with the news of the week, Justin Iowa's Kirk uh, Ferentz is the longest-tenured FBS coach in the nation, but he has concerns about the evolving landscape of college football. At Big Ten Media Days, he said, quote, We need some intervention. And then my bigger concern is, who's going to do it right? Where's it going to come from? Where's that leadership going to come from? Because we're all busy. I think this is uh this is valid. There do, there does need to be some intervention. All coaches are starting to call for this. Even coaches like Nick Saban, um, who are benefiting from there being no rules, from being able to be able to play pay players through businesses, or even calling saying, "Hey, this isn't fair. We need some regulations. We need someone driving the ship," uh, and no one is. So I don't know when. When do you think realistically we're going to get any sort of meaningful legislation moved on this?
1: Oh, I don't know. Who Who I knows with
0: the NCAA? Because yeah. it doesn't feel anytime t- t-
1: soon. Yeah. No, part the sweet time with it. But um,
0: what was I going to say? I, don't I know. just I don't Me- think that um, I just I, I don't know. I don't think it can sustain this way long. If something isn't done, it's going to become so no. top heavy. College football yeah, is already top, top heavy. heavy, but it's going to be very uh, top heavy.
1: Heck, um, I sent you that video the other day of that dumb A and M recruiter just on video saying, "Hey, those guys in those suites they can be paying you lots of money." Yeah, <laughs> I mean, how stupid you got to be to say that? I mean, obviously it's true, and, oh, but yeah. to, to say Jimbo is back, you know, he's going to do a press conference. Weeks ago, about the saving thing, and say, Oh, we we don't do anything, uh, blah, 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 blah. And I, well, yeah, you do. I mean, how do you think these guys are getting there? They're getting paid these great deals and getting offered these, I mean, huge deals, money they never even thought. Heck, money, their college career may not even work out. They might not even be a good college player, hadn't even stepped on the field yet. And then they're, but they're still going to make this great, I don't know how, probably a a year or so the deal lasts. Um, well we
0: saw it with spencer rattler at oklahoma
1: yeah um yeah. so and heck they may not end up making it to the nfl so they make all that money that one season That that's probably all they need for a little while but yeah I, I don't know it's like you said it's top heavy it depends on what university it is that has the donors and the boosters um to make these kind of offers to uh kids out of high school and but see that's what you know, years ago when you didn't have this and you're coming out of high school, maybe you had a different kind of factor going in, like, okay, where am I going to play? I'm going to play, you know, here, 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 because of these reasons. Now, I, I don't know how kids are thinking, but if, if I was in their shoes and I'm a top recruit coming out of high school, I'm thinking, who is going to pay me the most money? That I mean, that's just... That's how the majority I think of people's brains work, especially now. Oh yeah,
0: that's how mine would. Yeah, if I was in um, a situation. It's, yeah,
1: it's going to be who's going to pay me the most money, um, and then obviously you know, am I going to be able to start playing there? But I think money's going to be the bigger factor at this point. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Like like I've said before, and I I'm not beating a dead horse anymore. I've never been a fan of it because now, of course, we've gotten to this point to where. How can you reel it back in? You're almost going down such a dark black hole that how are you going to be able to get out of it? Um, So we'll see what happens, but I don't
0: see anything happening anytime soon, so it's just going to get even worse. Well, in other news, fans of Bo Cruz will no longer have to worry about his basketball career, at least for the coming year. Uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez, whose performance in Adam Sandler's Netflix movie Hustle won him a lot more fans in and out of basketball. Has landed a contract with the Toronto Raptors after being waived by the Utah Jazz less than a month ago. The Raptors signed the 26-year-old to a partially guaranteed one-year deal for the coming season. The finer points of the agreement have yet to be announced, but good for him. That's fun. Very very fun. This is uh he he's a uh, he's an actor. He was in um, an Adam Sandler movie on Netflix called Hustle. He played a basketball guy there. <laughs> And, uh, oh, so he signed. actually got signed by a team? Yeah, so that's cool, isn't it? Yeah, huh, that's is pretty neat. Uh, speaking of uh, sign, signings in basketball, though, the New Orleans Pelicans want Zion Williamson around for a while, but only on one big condition. Uh, the Pelican star signed a five-year, $193 million max contract earlier this month that could be worth as much as $231 million. According to the Times, uh, the Times-Picavone... The contract stipulates that Williamson must weigh in at below 295 pounds periodically throughout the deal. His body fat percentage will also be monitored, and should Williams, uh, Williamson tip the scales too much, the amount of guaranteed money in his contract can be reduced. The 22-year-old's weight and conditioning have been major issues, like when he reported to training cap last September at, quote, well over 300 pounds. Um, Mm. and this is something we all are aware of. We've seen, uh, how Zion has been able to gain weight, uh, when he's injured, which is very common. Um, when you have to eat as much as those guys do to maintain your muscle mass because you're playing and running so much and then you, you're not able to run anymore and you keep eating that way. It's easy to gain that weight. Um, but sounds like this is, this is a very common thing in contracts as well too. This isn't a Williamson only problem, but, um, definitely he's gonna have to now keep that in check
1: man i wish somebody was paying me 200 million to stay under 295
0: yeah i think you could make that work you're uh what do you weigh about 75 pounds soaking wet yeah maybe like 80 okay well, that's good <laughs> that's good uh, and another big contract though and making kyler murray the nfl's second highest paid quarterback the cardinals Included an independent study clause in his contract. Did you hear about this?
1: Yeah, um, it's very strange too. I guess either he's not studying film, even though Murray came out and was like, "Yeah, obviously I'm studying film," but yeah, maybe he's not. Because if they're throwing that in there, he ain't he ain't watching film.
0: So let me let me explain what this is. So, and you said strange. That's the word that uh, that this report uses as well. The strange inclusion mandates. The fourth-year pastor watch at least four hours of film on his own per week during the season. Uh, understandably, this unusual mandate has generated more attention than the five-year $230.5 million dollar deal itself addressing this matter Thursday. Thir- uh, Murray said, Questions about his film study habits are, quote, Disrespectful and almost a joke. Um, and soon after he said that, the clause is no more. Um, the Cardinals have removed the independent study clause in Murray's contract, and they released this quote. After seeing, uh, after seeing the distraction it created, we removed the, uh, the addendium, addendum from the contract. Um, it was clearly perceived in ways that we were never intended. Our confidence in Kyler Murray is as high as it's ever been, and nothing demonstrates our belief in his ability to lead his team more than the commitment reflected in his contract. It does raise some questions though. Is is I mean I don't doubt he's watching film. I don't doubt that at all. But why did they include that? Did they have suspicions he wasn't? Was this just a weird thing that someone added without really thinking about it? You know, I don't I don't really understand what this is or why it was put in.
1: Yeah, it sounds like um I don't know which side to sound the truth, but the fact that they threw that in there it's got a hint at that yeah he's not watching enough film um because you don't just throw that in any contract then i i don't think i've heard that of any other contract of any other quarterback of when they release the contract details but i mean that's, that's telling me that he's definitely not doing enough time to study the opponent for the week
0: and four hours of film a week is not much at all i mean a football game is four hours uh, obviously, he that. would they just be nothing. watching defenses, but that's uh, that's very little, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so. that's nothing. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting they took it out as well. Uh, for the first time since USC and UCLA rocked college sports by announcing plans to leave the Pac-12 for the Big Ten, Pac-12 Commissioner uh, George Kilovoff spoke at length Friday to open the conference's media days. He said, quote, we are actively exploring expansion opportunities, and have had significant inbound interest. Uh, I don't know if that's true. Have you had significant inbound interest from anyone who's not? Maybe. I can't think of San Jose State. Like, if you had anybody outside of that that has significant inbound interest, I don't know. Uh, but oh, that's what he's well, claiming. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't know who. I don't know who's saying. Oh yeah, I would love to join the Pac-12. You now have only like five teams left. Um, yeah, <laughs> who the heck's yeah who who's interested? Mid, uh, Mountain West teams, like you said, San Jose State, Utah State. Um, I mean, come on. Let's, yeah. I mean, let's try not to lie too. Let's let's start at a low, kind of small lie here before <laughs> we get up to this huge lie yeah. that people want
0: to go play in the Pac-12. Well, uh, was uh, also rather forceful in his comments about the Big 12 as it relates to conference realignment, saying he's been, quote, spending four weeks trying to defend grenades lobbed from all corners of the Big 12 trying to destabilize the Pac-12. Um, the, Big Tw- the Big 12 isn't trying to destabilize the Pac-12, it's just trying to build up the Big 12, and you just happen to be in the way. I don't think they're, they're trying to sabotage the Pac-12, because the Pac-12 isn't a threat to anyone. Uh, but sure, you know. Um, he also said, "quote We haven't decided if we're going shopping there yet or not. You're gonna try to go. Sh- you're gonna try to go steal teams from the Big Twelve. Okay. Do you think there's any chance that there are any Big Twelve teams that are going to leave for the Pac-12? Um, I'm trying to think of any that would even consider that. Um, I don't think there are any."
1: Kansas could be the only one. <laughs> Maybe to try to compete a little bit over in the Pac-12. Um, that's really it. I can't think of anybody else that would leave the Big 12 to go play in the Pac-12. Nobody's le- – le- the only teams are like probably group of five. If you're a group of five team and you want to join a Power 5 conference, that's the only thing I could see that makes sense for a team going to the Pac-12.
0: Yeah, nobody's downgrading to the Pac-12. It will only be upgrades from non-Power 5 teams.
1: Yeah, cuz Pac 12 is bottom of the Power 5, so Right. It'd have to be a group of 5 going co- going to the Pac-12 commissioner saying like, "Hey, we'd love to come, you know, play in the Pac-12. It would be awesome because our group of 5 sucks and we want, you know, to bump up the competition a little bit."
0: But what's interesting about that is he also said the Pac-12 has not looked at the possibility of merging with the Mountain West, which I don't think that's true. I think they have at least discussed it, Um, but they probably think, oh, we'll just take their teams rather than merge, which would make more sense uh, financially. But yeah, yeah, that's what's going to happen. It'll be the Mountain West. At least some of the teams will be absorbed into the Pac-12, and the Pac-12 will essentially become a group of five program that's what it's going to be but we'll play this little charade anyway if that's what he wants <laughs> if that's what yeah. that's what the commissioner Whatever. wants <laughs> all right and in our final news of the week the NBA has opened an investigation into the Philadelphia 76ers for potential tampering regarding the team's offseason free agent signing of James Harden, PJ Tucker, and Daniel House Jr. Um, Harden's decision to turn down his 47 million player option for the 2022-2023 season and re-sign at a lower number is at the center of the investigation and as it's it afforded the Sixers the cap space necessary to sign Tucker and House. If the Sixers are ultimately found guilty of tampering, they could face penalties including fines, the loss of draft picks, or the suspension of executives. Last year, the league docked the Chicago Bulls and Miami Heat each a second-round pick for tampering regarding free agents. Lonzo Ball and Kylie. Uh, and Kyle Lowry. Perhaps a similar punishment is on the horizon for Philadelphia. So that's something we'll have to uh, to keep an eye on. It won't be anything super serious, but you start losing draft picks. That's, that's not ideal. So uh, keep an eye on that, won't we, Justin? Uh, sure, I don't care. <laughs> well, listen, here's something you maybe you do care a little bit more about. It's time that we all go and learn a thing or two at the Learning Corner with Professor Knight.
1: All right, students, gather round and put on your listening ears. It's time to visit the Learning Corner with Professor Knight. What are we learning today, Professor? Uh, I was just going to keep in line with uh, this kind of day and keep kind of easy. I just found us some sports facts for July 31st. Just kind of things that happen um, throughout the year. So here's one. Back in uh, 2016, uh, I remember watching this. This was PGA Championship for men's golf, where Jimmy Walker, he won his first major and his only major. Um, He beat Jason Day of Australia. Uh, Jimmy Walker, that was probably the last thing he did. I don't know what the heck he did after that. haven't heard his name since. Um, 2012, Michael Phelps. He becomes the greatest medal winner in Olympic history. As part of the winning American 4x200 meter freestyle relay team in London. Phelps' 19th career Olympic medal and 15th overall gold. Incredible career.
0: That was huge, too. Oh. That was a uh, Yeah, I mean, that was that such was a, a big huge thing. Deal. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: 2012 also, Germany wins London Olympic equestrian evening final. Daughter of Princess Anna, or Anne, I guess, uh, Zara Phillips, part of Great Britain Silver medal-winning team. Very neat. Uh, let's see here. Oh, 2007. This is a big one. Uh, Boston Celtics, they obtained former MVP and 10-time All-Star Kevin Garnett in a 7-for-1 deal with the Timberwolves. It was then the <laughs> I biggest that. ever trade for one player at the time. So yeah. I'm guessing there's probably been bigger trades since, but that <laughs> was pretty big.
0: Yeah, that was huge. I completely forgot about that too. Yeah.
1: Uh, 1997, college football's all-time winningest coach, Eddie Robinson, and his Grambling State University program are placed on two years' probation for rules violations, including recruiting and academic eligibility. So all that good work down the drain. Mm. 1997, as well, ace first baseman Mark McGuire becomes MLB's top home run hitter to be traded in the middle of a season when he moves from the um, – Moves from Oakland to St. Louis Cardinals. He had 34 home runs at 81 RBIs at the time, which is crazy. Um, but as we know, he was big in the PDs, so that's why he was hitting a lot of home runs. But it was also exciting. From uh, if you go back it was. to the highlights,
0: yeah, bring them back, I say.
1: Yeah, make it exciting again. <laughs> yeah. Um, nineteen ninety three, Toronto Blue Jays obtained future baseball Hall of Famer Ricky Henderson from Oakland, in exchange for minor leaders uh, Steve Carsey and Jose Herrera. Uh, let's see if there's any other crazy things that happened.
0: Yeah, if you see one or two more, throw us throw us a couple more if you got them.
1: Uh, nineteen ninety, Texas Rangers pitcher Nolan Ryan, a uh, Nolan Ryan, he records his three hundredth career victory, eleven three win over the Milwaukee Brewers. He was the twentieth MLB pitcher to reach the milestone and. I think Nolan Ryan's probably the best pitcher of all time so a huge milestone for him and then let's see anything crazy here
0: find something crazy find something crazy mm, let's see mm. keep stalling yeah, while, you're, while you're while you're looking I'll remind people I'll remind people that they can reach us at the game managers pod at gmail.com and follow us at TGM pod Facebook Twitter and Instagram. You found something, Justin? Yeah,
1: 1972. Um, Chicago infielder Dick Allen becomes only the seventh player in MLB history, this was 1972, to hit two inside the park home runs in a game, both off of uh, Burt Belvin, an 8 1 White Sox win over the Twins.
0: Bad night for Burt Elvin, then. At, uh... Yes. <laughs> Good Poor stuff, guy. though. Yeah, very good stuff. All right, well, we have to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to give out the most prestigious awards in sports history, the TG Emmys, so stay tuned. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Game Managers podcast, where we are about to give out The Sports World's Most Prestigious Weekly Awards, the TG Emmys. I'm Nick Norris, and with me is Justin Knight.
1: Oh, good evening.
0: Good evening. Justin Knight got some big awards for today, as we always do. And this first one is uh it threw me for a loop, I'll be honest. I didn't know quite what to make of this. I'm excited to share it with you. So this award is for the grossest thing I've heard this week.
1: Oh, gosh. And it
0: actually goes to Kentucky quarterback Will Levi's for telling a podcast that he puts a large portion of mayonnaise in his morning coffee.
1: Yeah, um, that almost sounds like a psychopath, right?
0: (laughs) That sounds like a true lunatic. That's a a loose unit. Something's wrong with that man. Uh, He should not be allowed to just walk around in society if that's the kind of moves you're making. No, and first say First thing in the know, morning. That's how you start old, your day?
1: I put a big old scoop of mayo in my coffee. Mmm, mmm, yummy.
0: Oh, God. I don't like mayonnaise anyway, but that is disgusting. Even if you like mayonnaise, you, there is no way you can justify that. No, that heck is no. I, 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 lo-
1: I love mayo. I love some good Duke's mayo, but no, I, I don't really like coffee, but never in my mind did I ever think, yeah, mayo and coffee makes complete sense because mayo the texture of it just doesn't make sense for coffee it's like it doesn't i don't feel like i'd mix uh, it up all the way
0: and There'd it'd be like something of it. coloring yeah yeah you're right it wouldn't it's not like creamer it's not gonna no. mix like that yeah. I, so he's drinking clumps uh, yeah.
1: of mayo
0: think about a that. large portion he said of mayonnaise in his morning coffee
1: there's just some things that people need to realize that the whole world doesn't need to know And that's one of those things.
0: (laughs) Well, Justin, what award do you have for us today?
1: Uh, Yes, we got a... a, uh, This is going to be another um, winner. He's won an award previously, um, a couple months ago. Um, This goes to Biggest Crybaby, and that's Tim Anderson of the Chicago White Sox. Um, For his last award, it was probably similar. He, um, years ago, had called himself... um, the I guess the new Jackie Robinson or whatever, and um, there's a player for the Yankees, Josh Donaldson, who you know was messing with him, called him Jackie, and he flipped out and was like, "I can't believe somebody will call me that," you know, blah blah blah. And I'm thinking, you called yourself it, so why can't somebody else call you Jackie, whatever? And then the other day, he's arguing balls and strikes, when he just about head bumps the umpire. He's Flipping out, and I'm thinking this guy has lost his mind. And right now, he's uh, appealing a three game suspension, so probably will lose it. Mm. Um, but biggest cry baby in, gosh, MLB, I can't think of anybody else right now for a long time. Tim Anderson, congratulations. You're not congratulations.
0: a congratulations pink. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> well, how about this? This is our best of the week award. I'm going to give this one to Bills quarterback Josh Allen, who got into a bit of a scuffle with 6'6", 341-pound defensive tackle Jordan Phillips on the last play of practice. Apparently Phillips bumped Allen after the play, and then Allen just straight-up shoved him. Uh, Chaos then ensued. A pile formed around both of them. Um, It lasted a bit. I'm sure coaches were freaking out trying to get him out of that pile since they just signed him to a a six-year, $258 million extension last August. But, uh, you know, sometimes good for the team to see their leader be absolutely fearless. So that's yeah. fun. Uh, you can watch the video of it online. He, uh, he gets in his face, he gets after him. So, good for him. very, very interesting. Yeah, yeah, very fun, I think. And that brings us to our last award, Bust of the Week. Of course, it's just the opposite of Best of the Week. This goes to former Tennessee coach Jeremy Pruitt, who uh, the NCAA. Has notified Tennessee recently of 18 serious violations for allegations of providing uh, impermissible cash gifts and benefits worth about $60,000 to football recruits and their families under the former coach. Um, Barrett Saleh has pointed out on Twitter that Pruitt averaged 1.125 level one violations per win at Tennessee. That's funny.
1: Yeah,
0: I mean, are we surprised? No. No, I don't think come so. on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I liked Pruitt at Tennessee. I didn't think he got a fair shake, but uh, if they knew this was going on, then then yeah, I guess this makes sense uh, why he wasn't around super long. So, yeah. Oof, rough stuff there for Jeremy Pruitt. And Okay, that brings us to our final segment of the week. It's time we go to Listener Letters. Go get us write letters, we're the ones who read them. Please don't stop writing in to fill the time we need them. We are reading letters, the letters wrote by you. We are reading letters, the letters wrote by you. If you want to do that, send us a letter. You can do so by reaching us at gmail at gamemanagerspod at gmail.com. You can also send a message on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Pod. Follow us there as well. This comes from Harris. He says, what are the odds Brian Harson actually gets fired during or after this season? Um, so I've got a stat here. If Auburn fired Harson immediately after the regular season, following the Iron Bowl up through the end of December, right, the buyout would be about $15 million. Um, that being said, I think Auburn is willing to pay that if he gets six or less wins. Heck, they were uh, almost willing to pay fired. it
1: just a couple months ago.
0: Yeah, well, they were trying to get him with claws Then if this is yeah. you know, this is without without cause. Um, they'd have to pay him that much. So, but like you said, Auburn, you can't put it past them. He may get eight wins, and they decide to fire him. Uh, but what do you think realistically could get him fired at the end of the regular season?
1: Um, honestly, probably seven wins. Um, even mm-hmm. though that would technically be an improvement. From last season. But, um, yeah, seven wins. I guess that's still maybe like, maybe not. Maybe that's still keep, uh, keep him. But if it's six wins, he's gone for sure. He'll be gone after the Alabama yep. game. Um, seven wins could be right after the Alabama game. But I think anything more than that, he should be fine. Um, I would honestly be upset if if we had eight wins and they ended up firing him wouldn't really make much sense you did have an improvement this is going to be a slow process with how things went after you know Malzon was there and the last season he was there and you know you got to build a new program doesn't take um it's not going to be after it's not going to be during one season and may not be after one season maybe two or three um so six wins yeah he would he's fired for sure um if he's fired at eight wins that's that's pretty concerning that they still wanted to get rid of him that badly, even after, you know, eight, win season. But, um, but yeah, of course, nine wins, definitely safe. I mean, that would be a great improvement. So the possibility of it, I mean, it's possible. You never know what could happen this season. you could have plenty of slip ups and he's down to five or six wins. So I think he should be fine. I, Cause I, I said what we'd have eight or nine wins. Um, yeah. I think it's very possible to do that. But, heck, I mean, we were 6-2 and two last season, and then we end up going 6-7. and seven, So
0: you just never know what's going to happen. But, yeah, 6-7 wins, hate, he's fired. I hate how how quick the turnaround is expected now to have just a great program. I hate that, that coaches get fired after two seasons. I think coaches should get at least, barring the atrocious – You know, it results like as long as they're going 500, I think you should get more than two seasons just about regardless. Um, You know, not including any off the field shenanigans. Yeah, I hate that now it's like one year and you only got seven wins. Well, you're done. Well, yeah, nobody's gonna do great their first year. Sabin got seven wins his first year um, at Alabama, so maybe everybody just calm down probably where where we need to be with it but yeah i mean know, it, it, that's, it took uh, him that's the world we're in
1: yeah it, hit, it was his third season when won the national championship so the second season obviously was an improvement but they still yeah. they lost the sc championship and then lost their bowl bowl game to utah um right so i mean it you gotta let's, let's and this, this is auburn this is an alabama what we're talking about here um auburn is you know you have good seasons every few few years you know you have a good one 2010 national championship you have one in 13 you have one in 17 we almost make the playoff um then you have one in 19 where you win nine games so i mean it, it's not you're not going to see it every single season it's not an alabama that's just how it is so I, it's crazy to think that our expectations are always should be 10 wins and more every single season i, I mean obviously i expect that because i love to win and I want that to happen, but I'm also realistic. I know that's not going to happen every single season when we have to compete with these other big-time schools and SEC. And with our schedule, too, we have the toughest schedule every single season. So I'm not expecting 10 wins every single year. I want it, but it's not. I'm being realistic. I'm not going to see that.
0: And I, uh, we also have another email, too, we need to get to before we need to close things out, but... Uh, Rick says, what are some of your other favorite podcasts you listen to? to? Uh, Justin, do you listen to many podcasts or radio <laughs> shows
1: or what have you? No, I don't. I'm not really. Yeah. I don't really keep up with a lot of things, to be honest with you. I mean, I'll keep up with sports stuff just news-wise, but I'm not really listening to anybody else talk about sports. Um, yeah. I guess that's never really been an interest of mine, but yeah, I can't really think of anything I listen to. There's, I don't believe there's any podcasts I listen to.
0: I'll, I'll throw out a a few or a couple sports ones here. So there's, there's one, our friends do the message pitch. They, they post every once in a while. Um, they, they're not super consistent, but they, they're always very funny. It's a good show. Um, if you want to look that up, the message pitch, um, our friend will does that. He's, he's very good. Um, but another one that's a little more consistent, I think they drop every week. I listen to them a lot. It's called Crime and Sports, and it's uh, it's by Jim, this guys Jimmy and James. And every week they just look at a different, a different like sports figure who committed just a weird or terrible crime, and kind of go through his life, like what got him to that point or her to that point, what went wrong, uh, like the the fallout from all those things. Um, and it's not like the big ones. It's not like your OJ Simpson. It's like very specific kind of lesser known instances of of terrible things that athletes are capable of. Uh, but they're really funny. Uh, they do like a great job putting those shows together. So Crime and Sports is a good one to check out for sure. But anyway, Justin, we're about out of time. Thank you, though, to uh, Rick and Harris both for great messaging the show. Yeah. yeah, very good questions. It, like we said, if you want to reach the show, GameManagersPod at gmail.com. Also, follow and message us at TGMPod, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. But that is the show. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week um, for same time, same, same place, yeah. right here, WJLX, 6 p.m. Sunday. So We're thank you all here. for listening. Justin, yeah. Yeah. Y'all have what do you a have for us?
1: Fantastic week. And as we always know, Eagle anyways.
0: Blue 42! Blue 42! HUT HUT! HIKE! Thank you for listening to the Game Managers. Like the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TTM Pod. Until next week, goodbye. Adios and Sayonara.